Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. everybody we're doing this it is episode 31 of open bar talk podcast the uh, dopest bartender podcast in these streets uh, i'm very excited to introduce our uh, guest uh here in just a minute but before we do that i want to uh tell you where you find the show you find it at open bar talk uh on instagram uh open bar talk at gmail.com is a place to uh, reach out to us uh every thursday uh, i release what's called saucy stories uh these are stories from the days of me getting drunk and being a crazy person um so uh check those out uh they come out every thursday they're super fun and uh they come out on the instagram page so follow that and you can find them uh speaking of finding things you want to find the show you can do that um you can download it on itunes stitcher spotify iHeartRadio. there's so many different places you can get at this show uh, you know i make it super accessible so download them all rate review subscribe uh you know i it's uh important that y'all uh tune in and tap in and uh, you'll be kept up to date and things will be great. So now that I have gotten all of that, oh shit, if you want to find me, duh, you don't know who I am. Uh, I'm Jim Search. Uh, you can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. Uh, you can go on all social media, find me at Jim Search because I make it easy. Branding is important. Now that I've got that out of the way, I can now introduce our guest on this episode. I am very excited to have her on. Uh, you know, she's very funny. Uh, we've gotten to know each other through the comedy scene. Uh, I put out my, uh, I guess for lack of better words, casting call uh, for the podcast and said, bartenders near and wide, uh, reach out to me. And I was delighted to see your name pop up. So I was like, oh shit, uh, I'm ready to hear some uh, ratified stories. And uh, without further ado, Dara Jamat, everybody. How you doing, Dara? Oh my God. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, Jim, I know that we know each other through the world of comedy, but you know, we met at a bar. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to leave that into uh, your hands to uh, talk about our uh, crossing paths. We, yes. uh, we share a bar, uh, Union Street Pub, uh, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, it is a, uh, my local neighborhood joint um, and yours as well. Well, and, I haven't been in a while, but we will yeah. we'll leave that out. <clears throat> yeah, redacted uh, uh, from this story <laughs> here. Um, in fact, you know, we had um, we had a couple bartenders from there on. Uh, Ralph, uh, Ralph has been on this podcast. Love Ralph. He has the coolest glasses ever. Always. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to Big Money Ralph. Uh, mm-hmm. This is uh, we're in season three. Uh, he was uh, he was on season two, so we're going to be doing a return of Ralph. Uh, this season. I'm very excited to have him back on. Uh, he'll be the first repeat guest. Um, I Sophia, love that name. Uh, yeah, Big Money Ralph. Yeah, uh, ret- Return of Ralph. The Return of Ralph. They, yes. It rolls off the tongue, right? <laughs> it does. Uh, this is not my first rodeo. I will tell you that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, also, uh, shout out to uh, Sophia. Uh, Sophia, bartender. Uh, she's been on the show as well. Um, she was in season one, I believe, uh, had some amazing stories. She's lived a wild life. So, uh, shout out to my Eugene street pub, uh, crew. Uh, so I want to get a shout out to them, but you know what? It's not about them right now. It's about you. 
we want to know uh the bar uh, the podcast streets and the alcohol streets want to know dara how did you get into the world of bartending talk to us man it's funny how the world works um I was actually hosting at Negril Village, and I was doing that in addition to working, like, uh, when I was working in fashion, I worked, uh, like, a typical corporate cubicle job, but I would find that there was so much time between the time I went home and the time I actually went went to sleep, so I was like, I might as well make some money. My manager there ended up leaving and getting a job as the concessions manager at the Apollo. Okay. She hit me up and was like, do you want a job at the Apollo as a bartender? And I don't really know many people who would say no to that. So, right. So I was like, I absolutely want to be a bartender. I mean, a bartender at the Apollo. Let's do it. So yeah, that's how I became a bartender. So it was just like that. There was no bartending school. There was none of that. You got, you got, uh, you and Sandman, uh, so when, uh, when was it, uh, how long ago, uh, were you there? Oh my goodness. This was so long ago. This was, this must've been 2000, like six. Okay. 2007, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, a few years, uh, back. Uh, mm-hmm. now, uh, I was going to, I know I don't look old enough to be able to I, have worked that <laughs> long ago with alcohol. I see it in your eyes. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to say it. Um, I didn't have the words for it exactly. Um, but understand that there was a little, there, like there was a continuity error. Uh, <laughs> how You're like, she, what? <laughs> you worked at a bar at, at, at 16? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I thought you had to be at least 21, but I, I guess not. Look, the Apollo's different. Maybe performance space. You can be younger. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. So, exactly. you know, there, there, exactly. there it is. The, you know, the other shoe dropped. Uh, on, on, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of loopholes uptown uh, in uh, Harlem, USA. So, uh, so you're at the Apollo, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, how, long, how long were you there? How long were you working there? Oh my goodness, I, I guess I was there a little over a year when that same manager ended up leaving and it was sold off to um, an events company, I think Great Great Performances, I think it was. Right. I have a loyalty thing. Um, and because I was also still working a, a nine to five job, um, I didn't need another job that was going to be a stress. So like with my manager leaving, I wanted to walk out of the door with her because- sure. It was, the thing was, I wanted to work at the Apollo with her. It wasn't that I wanted to work at the Apollo so much that I was going to take shit from this other company. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, I I left, uh, I guess it was like, yeah, about a year and a half or so. Okay. Maybe maybe almost two years, because I was there for for a while. Because I lived in Harlem then, so it was nothing to just, like, walk around the corner uh, to work. um, Yeah. Love doing so, yeah. Uh, outside of bartending, I mean, I think every, anyone can speak to, especially even in New York. Um, a walk commute is the dream that we all want because it adds years to your life that you yes. don't have to get on a train. Uh, so, anywho, so you're so you work, so you're starting at the Apollo, right? Um, bartending now. Yeah what's the vibe like? Because like, I'm, you know, look, I've been to the Apollo, I've been to bars. Uh, but that being said, like, it doesn't strike me as like a place where like 
you have like regulars or like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Tell me what, what's, what was the first couple of days like? Okay. So this is, this is the craziest part to me is that my first day working, there was a Bjork concert. Okay. So that wasn't exactly what I was expecting of who was like on the first list of 10 people that I could think who I thought would be performing at the Apollo. Um, but then that's why. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I didn't think that Bjork would be ripping down the Apollo either, but. And that was, yeah, we, we learned uh, that that is, um, yeah, I guess a venue that she wanted to perform at. So she did that. Uh, so I was in charge of the downstairs, like in the lobby area, um, they put a Heineken stand. But even though I went to a big white university, I had never really touched a keg. And again, I'm not a bark. Like this was, this was a gig that I got, but I guess people didn't know that. So I didn't know how to pour beer. So I messed up a lot of beer, but I'm a fast learner. So I learned very quickly how to tilt the cup and like do all the things. And I had a lot of partnership. I had a lot of people around me. You got to be nice mm-hmm. to everyone on your first day so that you don't piss any people off or annoy anyone too much where they're like, who's the overly nice girl? You know, it's a balance. Um, but I served a lot of drunk white people that day. And okay. my, I actually worked with my ex-boyfriend too. And he was up at the top and he said everyone at the top was on mushrooms and acid. So it was, yeah, it was, I, uh, it was an experience. I didn't think that that's what uh, the first story out the gate uh, being uh, drunk, drugged up white people at the Apollo right. and you pouring a uh, pouring beer out of a keg uh, <laughs> at one of the uh, historic landmarks of black culture and black institution. But again, <laughs> welcome to New York City, I suppose. Right. Again. So so that was your first, so, I mean, what were, you, were you nervous? Like, you'd never bartended before, and you got put into the, into the shits. I was super nervous um, because, it, you know, it, you, you, don't, you, don't know how to, you don't know how to do what you don't know how to do, you know? Sure, and sure. this keg, like, I can, I, I'm a drinker, you know? So give mm-hmm. me some bottles and some ice. I can make a tasty something, you know? But with, like, <laughs> with a keg, it's just like, okay, well, we're going to have to figure this out. And I've worked in customer service for a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. So really, I feel like as long as people can see that you're trying to provide the best service to them, that they'll work with you. Yeah. Don't give them a shitty, heady beer, though. You know, you got to fix that. And, you know, when it's not your beer, you can't wipe your nose and just, like, <laughs> stick your finger in. <laughs> that <laughs> is... Get rid of the head. <laughs> they don't like that. Yeah, that is definitely... I mean, I've not... I mean, I've been to bartending school. However, <laughs> they didn't cover that there, but I feel like that's a given. Can't... <laughs> Can't quite uh, put that into the eth- into the universe of someone's drink, right? Oh, that's frowned upon highly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you got to you got to work that. You got to figure out the whole head thing with the keg. So yeah, that was that was the first experience. Definitely not what I thought. Ever working at the Apollo would be a jour concert and and a bunch of drugged out white people. Drugged out white people kicking <laughs> at the Apollo. Now, yeah. So, so my, so my understanding is like when you are bartending in these sort of like concert venues, for lack of better words, is like, you know, you have like whatever, 
15, 20 minutes before the show, everybody's in there getting the beers that they can, and then they go into the show, mm-hmm. and then they come back out, and then they that's another rush. Is that kind of, the, was that the flow of the, the show? Um, yeah. Everyone would come when, you know, before it was starting, it would kind of like clear out a little. Um, and then intermission was another oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah. big hit. Um, and then it would start to slow up and then we would start wrapping up usually around, there weren't like, um, it it wasn't in quarters, but, uh, right when we, how how do I say it? Uh, like right before we knew it was going to end, like not, like not the last part, but like in the third section, that's when we start wrapping up. So we weren't, we weren't serving for a a good part of the, the final part of the shows a lot of times. Um, but we did have unexpected instances where I can't remember whose concert it was. I don't know if it was a Patti LaBelle or I don't know. Cause I, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I snuck someone into that concert, but it was my teacher. It was my teacher. It was my mentor and I love her and I, I couldn't say no. And she was already outside, but anyway, um, <clears throat> I don't work there anymore. So I guess they can't fire me. <laughs> um, but there was, there was like really bad technical difficulties. I mean, like, shit was going haywire on the stage and all of a sudden someone just gets on stage and says hey guys we're really sorry that we're having technical difficulties open bar (gasps) nobody talked to us (laughs) not one person holy shit to us and said anything about this is how they were going to rectify the situation so i'm like on the mezzanine i have the entire mezzanine get up and walk to the bar and I have to explain to hundreds of people at the same time, I can't serve you anything until I hear something from my manager that sounds like the words that, yes, I know we all just heard that, but I don't know that to be true. Can you imagine having done all these people that look like my grandmother and my mother and my family that I can't <laughs> serve them? That is not what I want to do. <laughs> that is not Mm-mm. it. <laughs> because you have some aunties who came to see Patty. Okay. And they did not get Patty. And then when they did get Patty, they were then promised something else. And then you have to say no. Exactly. Exactly. And I really don't want to be that person. It's hard telling people no when you are in the middle of them and their alcohol. No one wants that. No, no, ain't nobody trying to hear that. Right? <laughs> it's like, I don't care about your fucking manager. You heard what the man said. You have yeah. ears. Pour my drink. That, I mean, that would be my reaction. So I couldn't be mad at them. You know? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard, that's a hard position to be in because yeah, like the venue promised you this, right. And they, I, I'm making good on the fucking promise that was given to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ain't nobody, ain't nobody trying to lie. We shouldn't. No be. one's trying to lie. No one. No one at should. all. We this. ended up giving them free drinks. We did. It ended, and I mean, I mean, it was as much of a shit show as it sounds. But we were able to at least get some order to it. You know, when sure. We had. We just needed to be able to plan for giving an entire theater free drinks unexpectedly. You know. <laughs> and how many free drinks? I'm assuming one. It was, it was one. Yeah. When I double faces, it was like, nah, you know, and once everyone sat down, it was like, okay, if you didn't get it at the rush, you didn't, you're not, you're not getting it. I think we we shut down right after that. We shut down right after the free drinks. I would say probably emotionally as well. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know what? I don't want to 
I don't want to feel right now. And I'm not interested in feeling at all. What were, I mean, so I'm envisioning a Patty concert and I have to assume that there was a lot of uh, luxurious outfits uh, pulling up to this affair. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There were always luxurious outfits coming through the Apollo. I mean, there were mm-hmm. so many different, um, there were so many different kinds of events. Like there were Buddhist events. There were events for HIV and Magic Johnson was there. And this guy would like come up to me and tell me how he knew Magic Johnson in the eighties. And I was like, Oh shit, you don't have to be rich to like survive. Oh shit. Who knew? Um, <laughs> or in the nineties when he first was diagnosed. Um, there were like spoken word, you know, then there were uh, like different other multicultural events. So I would see other people in cultural garbs, you know, um, I met Bill Clinton there. Really? Yes. Now you were working in the bar and he came. Uh, I was, I was working the bar. It was the global Clinton initiative. They were having a, like a fundraiser. Chris Rock was there. He was like chilling at the bar, um, giving him drinks. Um, but at the very end, and Bill Clinton was, had been in the room and he hadn't been up to the bar, but at the very end he came up and he asked me for a water and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. What did you say, Mr. President? You want to fuck in the bathroom? Because he is hot in person. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> again, this was many years ago. But Bill could, Bill, <clears throat> I don't blame Monica is all I'm saying. Fair enough. Yeah, there's something about him. I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> well, just, there's something about him. He asked me for water and I was like, oh, you want pussy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want you want this pussy on ice? Is you want this pussy on ice? Is that, Mr. President? Okay. <laughs> is that that's what I just heard? You know, and it's funny. Just as a quick side note, like every person that I've ever met who has met Bill Clinton has said that he is the most like charming and smooth dude that they've ever talked to like he's engaging he's yes. he's all of the things that you want uh in a conversation yeah. and apparently he's also very attractive uh he was See, and I, I don't i don't know if it was i don't know because i'm like a sapiosexual so i don't know if it was like the it was something about that charm and that aura and just the way he was like you know mm, mm, mm. i don't know it was that it was that it was the now, the quoi, exactly right now were the so were the secret service around him uh, i'm assuming right yeah, yeah um were they drinking at all no okay just trick question <laughs> i want to yeah. see if this story was real cuz if you're like <laughs> oh yeah they uh, they had hennessy things were real no uh, no, 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 no. no uh so so you served uh bill water uh chris rock was there yes um ha- was he was he drinking he was drinking i think it was tequila okay um, it was when he was still with his wife. Um, mm. She was there as well. And I think that I think he was drinking like a tequila sunrise or something. I just oh. remember a visual of like an orange drink and I, or it was a vodka orange. Interesting. Was, yeah. So, so, so there's been some high powered events uh, of work in the bar at, uh, at the Apollo. Um, what, so we had the Patty LaBelle, uh, I would say the Patty LaBelle stampede of 2007, the great stampede. Um, what were, uh, were there other real crazy moments? Cause you were there for two years. Um, I got to assume that there was other just mess, right? That. Yes. Oh, one, I mean, one I'll admit to, cause this, ju- I made a whole list and I totally forgot about, about this one. My um, my mom was a huge John Legend fan. 
Okay. And she came to, uh, I invited her, I got a ticket to the John Lennon concert when he was performing. And for some reason, I, I thought that this was a good night to also drink while working while my mom was there. Ooh. And that is not a good idea. Like if anyone's ever thinking about that, that's just, it's not, it's not the best idea. Like you can get through it, but it also can go really, really bad. And my only saving grace is that my mom was sitting next to these girls who were so wasted right. that they made me look sober. Mm. And they absolutely loved my mom. So my mom was like partying with these girls who were wasted. So when I saw her at the end and I'm drunk, I'm looking at these messy ladies and I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. Thank you for being far messier than I. So now my mom <laughs> can't see how messy I am right now. This is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and meanwhile, you are selling booze to people. Oh yes, very much so, and still having to count money at the end, which which is something that is just not fun. Having to mm. actually like making making sure that your till is what it should be at the end of the night when drinking, it's not advisable. It's not fun. That's ill, as they say, ill advised. Uh, ill advised. No. <laughs> it's a bad move. Um, and so, uh, so like, did y'all? So, mom was there. Like, it was just a mess fest. It sounds like it, it was a mess fest. Everyone was drunk. Everyone was drunk and and a little randy because of John Legend. Yeah, well, he's an EGOT winner. Yeah, I don't know if he had the EGOT at the time, but uh, he's definitely uh, a talented a talented man. Yeah. Uh, so, I. Uh, would you what would you say was your uh what was the i guess f- f- most memorable or favorite um concert to have worked oh most memorable or favorite um okay one that stands out was um the inauguration obama's first inauguration oh shit you were you were the oh wow yeah, I worked because I, I was I always like have had little side hustles. So I was still working at again the fashion company. Um, I was working at another one because I I had switched jobs. Um, <clears throat> but I was the only one at the office. I was the only black girl. Oh wow! And what I didn't want to happen was everyone looking at me when we were watching the TV to be like, "How does black people feel? Look at Dara." You know, like, like like the single tear coming down my eye. I was like, oh, it's such a beautiful moment for your people, isn't it? Like, that's what I didn't want, you know? So when my manager hit me and she's like, look, we're we're having an event. We're showing it here and I'll pay you. So I was like, wait, there's a chance for me to get paid twice this day? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So I left on lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Ran to the Apollo. (laughs) That's fucking funny. And serve drinks and watch Aretha Franklin with her big old hat on the big screen around my people, mm. you know, feeling good about it. And it was just, you know, if I couldn't be in D.C. because it was so cold, um, yeah, and was- I just couldn't sign up to that. So it was like, if I can't be in D.C., this is the second best place that I could think to be right here in Harlem around my people getting paid, you know. So that, yeah. that uh, sticks out. Yeah, I was gonna say that must have been fun, un, you know, timeless, man. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and also, I mean, we'll probably never see that again. <laughs> they ain't, we ain't gonna see no more. Yeah, uh, probably not. Mm-mm, that ain't that ain't how that's that gonna that's gonna roll. Now, uh, I'm assuming people people had to been getting good and drunk. I I would assume this is a 
celebratory high watermark moment? Oh, at the I don't know if we were selling alcohol actually. Oh, really? Yeah, so people were just buying like four dollar Dasani's. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I would. Uh, I'm. Su- I'm kind of surprised. I would thought that would be a good moment to pour a little. Uh, pour a little. Pour, out for, oh, I know. Pour a little I, out for the guy. They. We would have some weird rules sometimes, but I. I guess I would understand them. Like Jay Z performed, and it was right when he had when he was uh, switching over from like Cristal to Ace of Spades. Right. 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 Um. So Ace of Spades was being sold by the bottle. Um. Mm. But. After like people would buy the bottle, but we couldn't give them the bottle <laughs> until the end. So I had to like so. wait. How? <laughs> so, <I'm out>. people... <laughs> so you went to the concert, right? You bought the bottle, but you couldn't get the the booze until the no. end. No, well, no, you could get the booze. I would tag your bottle. Okay. And I'd pour your bottle, but you'd have to come back up to me. Oh, okay. I get it. So, like... I guess it was so people weren't throwing their Ace of Spades bottles around, but after spending that much money on a bottle of champagne, who's throwing that bottle, you know? Yeah, that's coming home and sitting (laughs) on a mantle. Exactly. So when the people left, I gave them their bottles. But, yeah, no. No one was allowed to, like, you know, carry it and, like, drink from the... Yeah, that was not Sure. Okay, I get it. Yeah, you you couldn't turn it into a uh, Jay-Z video circa 2002-2003. Bingo. You're going to get this Ace of Spades in this plastic cup. Is it a solo cup? No, it's not. It's a clear plastic one, a Mm -hmm. step above a communion cup, and you're going to enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be your truth. And this is exactly. what, this will be your truth. Uh, that's fucking funny, man. Now, um, so what was the? I mean, now, so this was what Jay? When was it? What what era of Jay Z was this? Two thousand. I have to look up well, the discography. We, let's think about it. This had two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So I must have worked there. Like, oh yeah, because uh, what I say, two thousand seven was when yeah. I worked there. It was, 2006, 2007, because I was still a Tommy. So I must have worked there from 2006 to 2008 because I left shortly after the um, inauguration. Got, yeah, I was going to say, because you were there in a way, uh, you had to have been if you saw it. Well, the first, the first run. Um, yeah. Which is uh, the most iconic. Um, now, so yeah, all right. So this is Jay Z like uh, Kingdom Come then. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the that's the era where uh, we're talking about here. Um, what was so yeah so this uh, so yeah this was probably like because uh, like you know the maturation. Yes, it was Kingdom Come because I used to walk to Tommy. Play, sorry, I got really excited about that because I, I used I was, to walk to Tommy playing Kingdom Come. I loved Kingdom Come because I know a lot of people say they don't like Kingdom Come, but I do. I don't know. It's not I, my favorite Daisy album, but I think it's so good. But whatever. All right, fine. Look, hey, look, no one's no one's saying what you can and can't like, Dara. I would never, Thank I would you, never, Jim. I would never do that. Thank um, you, I got you. Now, so uh, what was I going to say? All right, so the Jay Z concert. Uh, I'm trying to envision what the audience is because it's like there's this maturation of his uh, of his audience, his fan base, kind of aged with him. So, like, you know, it's certainly not like the Rockefeller like '96 crowd. It is. 
I would think we're getting towards the grown and sexy of uh, of the J world uh, in that in that crowd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing at the end of the day, no one I sold that Ace of Spades bottle to would want to throw that bottle. You know, it was yeah. it wasn't that wasn't you know it it just was like those things that was put in place. But it was like no people we had evolved. <laughs> we, the yeah. fans had evolved. We're, we're, fans we're going grew. with them on this ride. Exactly. They, they grew with him. Now, exactly. did you did you get to interact with him at all uh, as a? Oh no, not at all. Um, I never, I never really interacted with any of the talent or anyone who was in the building. I think the mm-hmm. closest person I probably got to was Russell Crowe. Um, okay. And why was he there? Oh, because of the American. American me. Or not American. Uh, American gangster. American gangster. Yeah. The American right. gangster premiere was there. Um, and they had like an after party across the street and there was someone fanning out in the stairwell near a Russell Crowe and he was handing out like such a G. He was really nice about it. Like he talked to this person for so long. Um, so like running up and down the stairs, I saw Russell Crowe, but, and then, and then, and then uh, the Chris Rock and then, um, and then the Bill Clinton moment. But I'm trying to think of like other, like there was never, there was never a, Hey, how you doing? You know what I mean? No, sure, I'm here, sure. I'm here to pour these drinks. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to trying to get y'all lit. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's Don't my mind job. me. The help just needs to pick up the ice. You know. Um, just, so, did you ever work um, amateur night at all? Anything like that? Um. So they had just started bringing amateur night back, like the televised ones, when I was mm-hmm. working there. So I there was one. Like they had amateur night every Wednesday, but it wasn't right. televised. Um, so I saw one that they were te- that they were recording, and I think Trey Songs. Oh, okay. Was performing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I y'all never... could see her face right now. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you can hear it. You can hear her face. I think right now. Uh, nah, right. You know. Yeah, that's what and, it was. And then someone else. But um, those actually were busier mm-hmm. than, um, like, I feel like during some of the other events, you know, there was times where I could actually kind of see some of the stuff that was going on. Right. But there was only really one time in that whole weekend of recording that I remember, like, looking at the stage. Got it. Got it. Um, now, how was, um, what was the crowd like for, uh, for that, for the, for the amateur Fun. I mean, because, you know, they force them to be. But, I mean, and not, but, but also people are excited. But, you know, you have those high people who are like, come on, everyone, we're going to say, you know, that. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I, uh, I, w- I would think. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's also people supporting their people there. You know, yeah. like my, my cousin, my cousin's, you know, doing an amateur night or whatever. And, you know, he's been, he's been practicing all day. All that yeah. Shit. So I'm going to get drunk for him because I'm nervous. Uh, I mean, I have to say, no matter what was happening in there, the energy in that room is electric. The energy in that theater is, it's, uh, like, sometimes I would stand in the theater alone, and it was just, like, it's almost like you could feel history. Sure. Um, Yeah. Hell yeah. So, like, any event that happened in there, it's almost like you could just feel, like, I don't know, you could feel, like, blood going through people's veins. 
with excitement. So I mean, yeah. you know, just as a quick aside, you know, I'm, we're uh, you know we're on the bar game, but you know, I think this is important I'm to sorry. talk about. No, 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 this is fucking important. Like any chance I get to talk about uh, uh, black people doing shit, I'm gonna do that. Um, but like, I mean, you just think of so many. How many iconic legends have passed through those doors? Right. And like how many like I mean, fuck, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, uh Patty LaBelle, Stevie like Wonder, Stevie Wonder, like I mean, you name it, they've been through there. So like to even like I don't know, even have Bjork there, it's just like, all right, I feel a little bit of vibe here. Uh there's yeah. a, you gotta you know, you can't just uh come in you can't be any schmo off the street and uh and come in there, you know what I mean, to uh to get it going. Um so when the uh so back to when uh the company took over um the apollo uh what were those kind of last days like working there oh um i don't even think i showed up (laughs) yeah to be honest i was like they don't even need to know who i am um the last few days were just like helping my boss get everything in order so that she could pass on whatever she needed to pass on. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just making sure that she felt good about, like she felt like everything was in a good place for her to be able to leave so that I could be right out the door with her. Um, But I, I can't remember. I can't remember the last event though. Yeah. I should ask her. Um, I can't remember what the very last one was. And so then, so then you stepped out of the world of bartending, right? Like that was kind of the, the bookend. Would you, would you ever go back to it? Oh yeah. I love bartending. Um, I mean, I didn't get to do a lot of like the, you know, the typical ideal bartending where you get to, like, get to sit down yeah. and talk to people, you know, and like sure. you know, where you have that scene where, you know, you walk in the bar and the bartender's like wiping down the bottle and it's like, hey, how was your day? You know, and the guy's like, I don't know. And it's like, God, oh, it's going to be all right here. This one's on me. <laughs> like that, like, you know, <laughs> you know I would, I would have that sometimes with people who were like, weren't really into the concert or they were just like, you know, getting a drink for someone else. Like the woman who was buying drinks for her pregnant friend, you know, like (gasps) that. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) that's a story in and of itself. Um, Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. You know how uncomfortable that is? (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a judgment call, I think, on your, you know, yeah. Hey, look the first the first one. They came up. I saw the belly. They got it was um, it was an Italian dude. I I, I don't want to say Andrea Bocelli because that's the first name that's popping in my brain. But it was let's it's an Italian dude. Um, and so it was a very so everyone was from was Spain or Italy? I don't know, but everyone was drinking that drink. Calixo, the um, what is it? How do I say it? It's not. It's it's a calixo. Calico, calico. I wrote it down, but I couldn't. It's the coke. It's the calico. It's the coke and the calico. It's the coke and the wine. Mm. Mm -hmm. So everyone was ordering that. So when they came up, they ordered two. And then one person ordered two and I was like, I mean, and she was like in her eighth trimester. So I don't know. So I saw kind of saw her like pass it to her friend. I was like, ah, you know, whatever. And I didn't really like, I didn't even think about it then. But then when she came back up and she's like, I'll have another two. I was like, oh yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's not my baby. It's you're not dr- my place. It's not. You're, she's drinking for two, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> what am I going to be like? Yell at this woman from another country? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like y'all, y'all know what the y'all know what that looks like. You keep you keep the shit up. <laughs> you, you you know you know you know where you know where this ends, right? I don't want to <laughs> point out to you what this is because we should both know because you know we're we're adults, right? We get it. <laughs> Exactly. See, so exactly. get it. Wait, hold, hold on real quick. I'm so sorry. Someone's at my door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of fucking mess of yeah. dealing with some pregnant fucking women drinking. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, all right. You know what? That's good. I feel like, you know, that's a good uh, jumping off point into our next segment, which is questions for our guest. Uh, now, these are five questions that uh, I ask every guest who comes on the show uh, about the world of bartending, right? So we'll get started with question number one. Question number one. What is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? What's the one thing having in your experience that you can say isn't the case that bartenders don't deserve tips. Mm. Which yeah, there's, there's a, I've met these people. I, that's, that is, it's the, the most bizarre thing to me. I don't understand it. Um, yeah. People just think that they're there to, and because, because the drinks are so expensive, some places people think that that offsets a tip. And it's like, but that's not how that works because nope. this, these hands poured this drink and that $16 is going into, you know, this man's pocket who owns this building, not mine, you know? Right. And if you want cheaper drinks, you should go to a cheaper place because they exist. They, this, is, this is New York City. There's a, you can find anything. Yeah. Anything. anything. You want a $5 drink? I know five places to send you, Okay. Yep, there's they're they're out there. So that is question one, right? Question number two, what is the biggest tip you've received as a bartender? Oh, okay. The biggest tip that I have received as a bartender. Um that's hard to say. Uh because I had to split all my tips with Okay the other people who with with whoever like worked with me that night. So you pulled with? Yeah, so someone, you know, someone could have put it in a 20 or a 50, but, you know, I didn't take that home. I, I split that out. So, um, I don't know. I would be making up a number. But I did have someone once give me $50 in a in a love bucket at a comedy show. Does that count? That, you know what? We'll take it. <laughs> okay, thanks. We're going to take that. It's my podcast. I can make the rules as to what works and what doesn't. And Thank I you. want that. I want to put that in there. Uh, so, question number three. What is your biggest pet peeve of a customer? What is the one thing that you say, you know what? I do not want you to do that anymore. Um, when people snap. Ooh. That is not the move. That is, that is, or, or when people physically stop you. Honestly, people stop doing that in service. That is really not okay. Do not touch someone when they're passing by your table just because you want a fork or do not stop a bartender because you want to drink. That person has a body and they deserve to be able to move that body how they want to. And they shouldn't have to stop just because you desire something at that very moment. 
Yeah, the, there has to be, uh, 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 you have to respect uh, people's autonomy. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think, exactly. I think, that's, I think that's a very important piece. Um, <laughs> all right, now on to question number four. If you had your own bar, what would you name it? Dara's little ditty. Dara's little ditty. That's that's. It rolls off the tongue. It's like Return of Ralph. It flows. Mm-hmm. Dara's little ditty. I like that. That's Dara's that's, little that's ditty, fun. and it would be like a little speakeasy. Not a lot of people would know about it. Um, yeah. It'd and be there'd lit. be different layer, levels and layers of rooms. Like, how spicy do you want it? Well, you got to go all the way to the basement for the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking funny, yeah. All right. Question number five. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite drink? Jameson on the rocks. Without even now hesitation. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew the answer. I mean, I've, uh, I remember people's drinks well enough, but for the streets, uh, streets need to know what Dara drinks. And it is in fact, Jameson on the rocks. It's Jameson on the rocks. I mean, someone was nice enough. They gave me a bottle of coconut Ciroc yesterday um nice. yeah which is very nice of them so i'm not gonna say anything bad about that at all but i drink jameson on the rocks so like if we're gonna just say it out loud i'm gonna say it out loud just so it's known but i appreciate any free alcohol so uh mama didn't raise a bitch <laughs> let me say an ungrateful bitch okay because if we need a bitch i'm there but i'm never ungrateful <laughs> just to make it clear just so that we're just all- to make it clear because i can be a bitch but i will not be ungrateful that is, and that is not who I am. That is not who I am. All right. So those are our five questions. Thank you, Dara, for uh, coming through on that. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to get into uh, the last segment of our show, which is what were you drinking? Now, this is part of the show where I dig into my Facebook timeline because I have some of the messiest people on the planet who post things that make me ask, what were you drinking when you wrote this? Because no sober mind would elect to volunteer this information to the streets. And because you have been a bartender, uh, you have seen people drunk off of many different things. Uh, I'm relying on your expertise uh, in this world to help us diagnose what exactly they were drinking when they wrote this. Do you want it by brand? Uh, you know, that's up to you. Um, okay. I mean, the spirit's fine, but if you really want to drill it down to like the, uh, the specific brand, I'm not, I wouldn't hold you, uh, okay. if you want, if you want to get there. So, all right, here we go. Uh, here is our post for what were you drinking? <clears throat> Be careful how far you throw somebody under the bus. You might just end up throwing them so far that they miss the bus completely. And then they'll be standing on the other side of the road waiting for you to try and cross with your lame-ass excuses. Hashtag stay in your own lane. Hashtag watch the company you keep. Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> that was... In the 31 episodes, uh, I think uh, I've done... Well, I know I've done 31. That was such a... like. That, like if this were archery, that would just hit the bullseye with like just the quick release of Rose. That's, <laughs> that's, that's no, of course. No, that's that's what that's what the that's what this person drank uh when they put two hashtags on their <laughs> <Dale> threat. 
So I was questioning until I got to the hash hogs. I was like, oh, yeah, they were feeling fancy. Yeah. Rose. <laughs> In case you wanted to follow this thread, uh, you can with this hashtag uh, so that you know where they are with it. Um, <laughs> Very insightful, Dara. Thank you uh, for bringing, you. again, uh, uh, the expert of human character uh, into this equation. Um, <laughs> so with, uh, with that uh, being said, you know, that is going to be our show. So, you oh. know, I want to thank you for coming to hang out with us. Uh, uh, you know, it's always great to uh, talk to you and to hear your story. I had no, again, I had no idea that you were in the game for a minute. Yeah. Um, so uh, is it, where can people find you? What, uh, what's, a, what's a good place for people to look you up? Um, they can find me, um, Dara, D-A-R-A, last name J-E-M-M-O-T-T on Facebook. I'm also Chocolate Gem with a J, not because I don't know how to spell, just because my <laughs> last name is J-E-M-M-O-T-T. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter because I don't want to be fired in 10 years for something I said yesterday. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, oh, can I shout out my podcast? Yeah, of course. Um, and then I have a podcast, Comedians for Hire, um, where we interview comedians when we used to have jobs. And um, yeah, I think that's it. I've had so much fun. Oh. I never talk about this. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad. I'm glad we could be a platform for you to talk about this because you had some fucking crazy shit and witnessed <laughs> some crazy things as well. Um, has lived. <laughs> you have lived a life. So, uh, you know, that's going to do it for us. You know, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you know, if you want to reach out to us, openbartalk at gmail.com. If you want to find the podcast, openbartalk on Instagram. Uh, you know, again, I put out saucy stories every Thursday. Uh, they're super fun. They are from my crazy days of drinking. Uh, they're hilarious. Uh, be sure to check those out on uh, the Open Bar Talk Instagram account. Uh, you want to find me personally, I'm at Jim Search on all social media, uh, jimsearchcomedy.com for jokes and i guess dates uh, assuming comedy will ever come back i don't know uh that's a different conversation uh if you want to look up the show i'll tell you that one more time uh anywhere we find a podcast itunes spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, uh in a lot of different places to get at us rate review subscribe that's super important because the more you do that the more people can find the show and the more people find the show the more downloads okay you get it uh i'm not gonna uh <laughs> We're not going to go down that rabbit hole about why it's important for you to rate this show. Um, so, yeah, again, uh, Dara, thank you for hanging out with me. Um, you. you know, make sure you put a water between each drink. Wash your fucking hands. Wear a mask so that we can actually go outside and hang out in bars like normal people and not like fucking uh, vagabonds. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>